Good afternoon. The calm Christian today. Were you expecting somebody else? Hope your day's going well. Want to read Bible verse for you. Then ask you a bunch of questions. I don't need to be telling you what to do. I ask you to do something, but think about what you want to do first. Acts 28 verses 24. And some were persuaded by the things which were spoken, and some disbelieved. Why are some people persuaded and some are not? Why do some believe and some do not? I don't know why she swallowed a fly. She, I don't know why she swallowed the spider. She spied, swallowed the spider to catch the fly. I don't know why she swallowed the fly. I think she'll die. Why is it? Why could Cain not do what he was asked, but Abel did? Why did Jacob do what he was asked, but not Esau? Why did God make a perfect creation and yet somehow Lucifer and his head became disenfranchised and dissatisfied? Why did Richard Dawkins at the age of six just decide, hey, this is a load of crap? Because it seems to me he decided at the age of six that it was all nonsense. And he's been basically talking against religion and about science. And he says that uh, the science, the God of science, which is, I don't know, God of space and time or scientism, somehow does not explain the God of the scriptures. One in a video, he called God every bad name in the book. And everybody clapped, yay, Richie, we love you. You're a great guy. You're telling the truth. Boy, his ego must have been bursting in that video. Hey, he's entitled to his opinion, right? God let him do it. Although God does say, I will repay you back to your face. I'd hate to be the recipient to that verse because it don't sound too pleasant. When that happens to you, you better book the rest of your day off. Poignantly. Why did Charles Stanley, the minister, decide at the age of six that God was real? Why did Billy Graham get down on his knees and decide, I'm going to believe the whole thing? Even though some of it was hard to reconcile. Why did Charles Templeton become a great believer and then fall away after? Why did the false dead lady who founded my church, she was actually a Methodist and came out of the Christian church during the time of the Millerites when they predicted Jesus would come back and he didn't. He never showed. Why did they not read the part of the Bible where Jesus says, oh, by the way, I don't know when I'm coming. Nobody knows when I'm coming. The angels don't even know when I'm coming except my father in heaven. How come they didn't read that verse? Did they not have the Bible in the 1800s? I thought the 1800s was a time of great revival. Well, apparently revival, but reviving to what? Because we had a lot of different um, denominations being built that started with Christian people with really good intentions. 
But all of a sudden, their opinions became Bible canon. And the Bible says right at the end of it, do not add or take away any of the words in this book. Do not take a person who says that they are a prophet of God and add their books and their writing and say things like we must interpret the Bible through our writings. Or what about what about the dude in the video? Nice, good suit. He's talking. I was like, this guy's got wisdom. He just smacks of Jesus. And always says, oh, it was written that way in our, in our third testament. Third? You mean like three? Like one, two, three? Okay, let me see. Old Testament, one. New Testament um, is two. I don't see no testament, third testament here. Here, testament, testament, testament. Here, testament, testament, testament. you see anything? Why does the Bible say something like this? This, I, I, this confuses me. Because this lady once asked a question in the Bible study, and I haven't seen her since. COVID showed up, and then after COVID's gone, never saw her come back to the church. Even though she got baptized at the same time as me. She's a nice lady, attractive lady. Don't know if her husband or the kids were really buying it, but haven't seen her since. Maybe they're going to somewhere else. I hope so. Romans 9, 22. What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't we have free will? Don't we get to decide if we want to serve God or not? How come God is saying he knows beforehand what the choices will be? Is it that God knows, God just lets us do free will and then he knows every single outcome and consequence of that free will? Well, I've made a lot of choices in my life. You mean God knows every probable outcome of every, of every probable outcome? Boy, that's a lot of CPU power. Or does he just know it all at once and he just I'm just happen to be fulfilling something? How does God make decisions when he already knows what he's going to do? Are you getting scared? Don't worry. I, I'm just saying that I don't understand a lot of stuff in here. Lean not unto your own understanding, but trust in God. Because my own understanding makes no sense when I get closer to God. None. The closer I get to God, I feel like a guy in a space movie with his ship... As he gets closer to the singularity, everything just breaks down. I'm about to get pulled into the singularity and I think I might get killed or maybe my ship will just get stretched out for a second and then I'll be in some kind of a new universe. That would be really awesome because sometimes I think I don't belong in this one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Let's see if I can find Bible verse here. Where's the one where it says God desires that all men should be saved? Is that in Titus? Can't really find that one. God desires that all men should be saved. God desires that nobody should be lost, that all men should be saved. But yet he's prepared, some vessels have been prepared beforehand. 
Why is that? Why do some guys go to jail, get incarcerated, and then find out, you know what, there's a God? Why are some people who are born in the Christian church their whole life, and then they just decide, this is a load of nonsense, I'm getting out of here? Maybe it's not where you start out with that counts, it's where you end up with. As Pastor Don said, it's not what you do, it's what you do next that counts. I don't really understand a lot of the things that have happened to me. It seems to me that when I was in the other system, I was pursuing God. I was looking at videos. I was looking at the life of Peter Marshall. I was looking at stuff on Bible.ca. I was searching for God. But when I came to a more Jesus-centric church, which I believe was the Baptist church, all of a sudden it seemed like God had abandoned me and just everything unleashed on me. It's like, okay, you got me here. Now you just left. Now I'm chasing after you, Lord. Is that God's way of saying, okay, I got you here. Now, do you really want to be here? Because maybe you really don't. Maybe you want to leave. I'm giving you a chance to leave. You're being quality assurance tested. I'm going to let bad things happen to you or I'm going to let the devil hit you or I'm going to let other people say nonsense about your faith and you can either give up, turn tail and run away from me or you can love me more. Why do some people just leave after being in the church for so long? I used to listen to James McDonald and then all of a sudden, and, and he had a very young sounding voice, the guy who started Harvest Church in America. I think he's a Canadian. And he had a really young, robust voice. And I see this guy, he's like an older dude with a goatee. I couldn't believe it. His voice did not match the way he looked. I'm sorry if there's James McDonald fans on here. Um, not saying anything about his theology. And yet, he, he got ousted or something like that because some people said that he was controlling or he was helping himself to money that he should not have been helping himself to. Maybe he's somewhere right now repenting and maybe he's about to make a uh, comeback because he was a great preacher. This guy was gifted. Stephen Furtick said, hey, you know what? We've learned enough, folks. We've got enough information. It's time to act. It's time to talk, talking, stop talking about relationships and try to do them and live them. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Do we? Do we even care about this? Well, nobody does this. You're right. But should we at least have it in our gun sights? Because where you go depends on where you look. And if your eyes are down, you don't know where you're going long term. And if you don't know where you're going long term, then do you know where you've come from? Do you even know where you are? Do you know who you are? Do you know what you are? Do you know whose you are? People just sit around in a sermon expecting some guy to teach you something, and then what? 
How are you living it? Nobody cares how much you know. They want to see how much you care. Everybody talks the talk. But when it comes time to walk the walk, which direction are you going? I don't want to just be a talker. I want to be a walker and a doer. I don't want to be a cerebral, informational Christian. I want to be someone who lives the scriptures. Because as we said in our little fellowship group on Sunday, yesterday, you're the first Jesus somebody will ever meet. And you're the first Bible someone will ever read. What do they see? Of course, you will say, I'm not my brother's keeper. I'm not responsible for the world. You are not. You don't control what men think, men and women think. But you do control what men and women see. What do they see when you, they see you? Why do the people in my old church slander Christians and say that if you go to church on Sunday, you have the mark of the beast? I didn't see the mark of the beast as Sunday or Saturday in the Bible, did you? I read the entire scriptures and I'm reading it again. I just, I hop back and forth in the NLT. I'm having fun, folks. I'm just enjoying. This is just for fun. In fact, I'm not even talking to you. I'm talking to myself because I'm an other-centered Christian, as Mark Driscoll said, or I would like to be. And he said, other-centered Christians apply law to themselves and grace to others. I give you a pass. If you say you're a Christian, I believe you. But I know what I need to do to be a better Christian. As Joyce Meyer said, I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm better than I used to be. Where are you at? Are you just hanging your head because COVID beat up your church and life is just beating you up? Okay, I'm, I'm getting beat up too. We're all getting beaten up, folks. Have you looked at the news? The whole planet is rebelling like Krypton. Are you just going to hang your head and give up and sit on the wayside and give up and Jesus doesn't love you? Them Christians, man, in the Roman times, man, Diocletian, he was taking a chunk out of Christians. You know Polycarp was supposed to be John's John's uh, student? Polycarp died at 80 years old. He didn't die in his bed. They took him for a trip to the zoo. They wanted him to meet the lions without the cage. Where are you going? Some believed and some don't. I don't know why. I'm as mystified by it as you are. I've had met very many wonderful people that want nothing to do with the Bible or Jesus. They think the church is poison. What church? You think the church is poison? You mean a church that commands men to be uh, celibate? I know this one. 1 Timothy 4 verses 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Forbidding to marry? 
Is the church supposed to tell you that your occupation as a as a priest is contingent on the on the fact of a corporate celibacy? Or did Paul say if you're burning get married? It was an individual choice if you wanted to live your life as a celibate person or not. Why did the church teach that in order for a priest to work for it, you have to be celibate? I'm sure everybody started with the best intentions, but maybe 10% of the guys who said, we want to be celibate because we want to serve Jesus Christ. How did it go for them? Something went wrong in their head. I guess God knew that would happen when he said, if you're burning, get married. But don't do that. Don't get married just because find somebody to love with your heart. First, primarily, as well as your body. Some believed and some do not. Why do, why do people not read scriptures? We have more Bibles than ever before, and yet we have more Bible illiteracy than ever before. Do we not care? anymore are we content are we have we grown apathetic what will happen to our nations when everybody's apathetic about everything it'll just sink into the mud hole of time and space and fate and oblivion and fade away I don't want to fade away I want to live forever you must want to live forever too if you're listening to a dumb dumb like me tell you something you probably already know god bless <laughs>